Welcome to Fishcasting the Fishing Podcast. I am your host, Tanner of Fishbacks TV. Hello, I am Captain Tim. All right, guys, we've got an interesting show today. The mullet run has hit South Florida, as has Hurricane Ian. Um, you know, we apologize. We haven't been around too much lately, but there has been a lot going on. Um I have been working out of town because of the hurricane and uh, Tim, I guess you guys ended up missing the worst part of it, but uh, how have you been down in the Tampa Bay area? Yeah, Tanner, we've been very fortunate. Um, Our friends of the South, not so much. Um, We thought we were going to take a direct hit from uh, major hurricane Ian there, Uh, prepared for it, got the house boarded up, helped all my family members, aunts, grandmas, mom and dad, buttoned everything up at work, um, got that all sorted. And then we didn't get a whole lot. And um, hate to say it, that's what I prefer. I'd rather do all that preparation to just get, you know, 60, 70 mile an hour winds and not have the 10 plus feet of storm surge and, you know, uh, uh, 150 mile an hour plus winds and all that destruction and damage. So um, you know, my thoughts go down to everyone in South Florida, um, you know, Port Charlotte, Pine Island, Sanibel, Fort Myers, they really, really took it hard and, um, we were very lucky. So, um, you know, all, all good here in the, in this Tampa St. Pete area, but it's been a, a rough week for, for this, uh, West coast of Florida. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's something we can start, you know, maybe talk about a little bit at the beginning. Oh, uh, you know, there, there's gotta be there, you know, if you guys are interested, you know, there's a lot of good charities out there to donate, you know, one of my good friends, he, he stayed in Fort Myers through the worst, sent us a lot of pictures. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'd personally been to Sanibel twice. I actually, uh, hooked my biggest snook, um, at least to that point, you know, before I really started snook fishing about two or three years ago, I guess it was about three years ago now. And, uh, on the Sanibel pier, I hooked a monster snook on a pinfish and it, uh, pulled me into the pier, cut me off. But, uh, it was the first big snook I ever hooked and it, and it really got me hooked on snook fishing. Um, and now, you know, you look at the maps and the pier is totally gone. Yeah. Um, it's just utter devastation down there. Um, you know, I, I know, uh, I was seeing those photos and, and videos that our friend was showing and, my wife had a couple of good friends that, that were down there and weathered it out. And I have another, another good friend that, you know, he works on Captiva Island, which is north of Sanibel, but you need to get through Sanibel to get there. And he owns a home in Fort Myers and his home was completely destroyed. And so was his job. So just uh, a, a lot of bad, uh, a lot of bad and just tough stuff going on down there. And, you know, they'll, they'll get through it, I know, but, you know, like you mentioned right off the top, you know, there are a lot of good charities if you can donate, um, one of the ones that, that I've been supporting and they've done a, a tremendous job, um, not only, you know, over the years protecting the ecosystem, but um, they're, they're really stepping up. And, and so was the, um, a band of charter captains and, and guide fleet is the captains for clean water guys. Those guys are really going crazy, setting up all sorts of different drives and, and charity things and, and just helping overall. So, um, you know, if people are looking for something, I recommend those guys, but there are really countless good operations out there that, that if people want to help out in any way they can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that, we'll, uh, we'll try to transition to a little bit of brighter note. I, I guess I can start out when the, the first, um, 
what is the word? Fans of Ian were coming through Miami. That morning, I woke up in my canals and I was uh, doing a little snook fishing. Uh, my typical bridges. It had been raining all day because you know the Miami was getting the initial bands of the storm, so the the current in my canals was just flowing. It, it seemed like it was too much because there wasn't any snook in the spot where I'd been seeing them lately. But I went to another bridge a little bit further down, and I was just using a um, bucktail or what do you guys call it? a flare hawk? Flare hawk. Um, I was throwing my flare hawk with a little three inch paddle tail trailer, uh, just kind of bouncing it under this bridge and, you know, had my big snook set up 50 locked down. And I was on a pretty tall bridge, so it would have been difficult if I would have hooked a big one, but I hooked one. It wasn't that big. It was about 23, 24 inches fought for a little bit, but you know, my drag was so tight and my line was so heavy. I basically caned him up right over that bridge. So he went crazy when he caught onto the sidewalk. Um, but I was able to get him back in the water and, you know, it was a cool little, little pre hurricane snook and, you know, wasn't the biggest one in the world, but it's always fun to get one of those little ones before work. Oh yeah. No question. You know, start off the day like that um, before low pressure systems hitting you and before work, um, always a good time to get out there and wet a line and get a bite. Now, you said that I think at your first place, you, you had a lot of current. You said it was moving quite a bit. Now, how much of that tidal swing did you guys get over there, if any? Um, because over here, we were supposed to get, you know, anywhere between 10 and 15 feet of storm surge, so positive tide. But we actually got, I don't even know how many feet of negative tide that the whole Tampa Bay, it seemed like emptied of water and there's docks falling over and boats having all sorts of trouble. Did you guys see any of that over there? Uh, no, you know, I think it was mostly just the extra current because the rain and we were wow. getting some king tides. So there was basically two or three days right there where it was definitely the, the tide was going out a lot. Um, and I, I think a lot of that had to do with the extra rain. Um, but but I don't I don't think any of it had to do with the pressure system because the, the hurricane was on the other side of the state. Yeah, it's, it's just, um, you know, having gone through it here and, and working, you know, right next to the water and observing it, the, uh, the water never really came back to where it should be until almost today. I noticed it hitting levels of like normalcy um, for different tidal wave, uh, uh, rates. So it's been kind of weird over here. So that's why I didn't know, you know, I know the water, it, it ebbs and flows, it goes out. But just the amount that we lost, it's like, where did it go? You know, there's only so much flooding that and displaced water that could be down there in Fort Myers. It's just pretty weird. One of those, um, one of those natural occurrences. It's just, you know, kind of spooky, just, just how, how wide the effects are and um, you know, how much damage or, or how much impact it could have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right. I want to talk about my other snook. Um, so I, we've been off quite a while. So I, I, I can't, mm. neither of these were this week. Cause obviously I've been gone this week, but um a couple days before that I went to the beach um, and the mullet run was supposed to come. So I, I went to the beach about three times and it, it was really the first ebbs of the mullet run. I have seen pictures since I've been gone and it looks like it's in full swing, but about two weeks ago we were getting those first couple schools. And then I think the hurricane really stirred up the water. So I went last Saturday and there wasn't any, but the Saturday before that, um, I saw a lot of snook on the beach and there was a few mullet, not a ton, but I did end up 
getting a nice little beach snook, which is one of my very favorite things to do. The problem was there were so many people in the water and the school of snook were sitting right by the people. So I, I was able to get one um, and, and kind of get far enough from the school, but it was on a free line mullet right in the surf, you know, super light drag, super light leader, just, you know, it's, it's fun to cane pull them up, but this fish really wasn't that much bigger than the one I caught on the, on the bridge, but just getting them in the shallow water with the light drag, you get a lot more fight out of them than you do fishing them on a bridge with a lockdown drag. Oh, absolutely. Those beach snuck are so much fun to catch, um, especially if you can get into sight fishing them or, or whatever. But, you know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, it's, it's always so funny when there's like nice snook inches away from swimmers or just beachgoers that really probably don't even know that they're there or have a care in the world. But it's just like, come on, guys, get out of the way so I can make, an, make a cast on one of these. Um, because I've had it happen out of the sandbar where you hook one and it makes a run. And it like kind of gets up in where people are at and they get kind of hard to talk to, et cetera. But <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun fishing those snook. And, you know, I, I know in years past, we've talked, you've done really well with the, um, with the mullet run and, and just kind of overall the fishing this time of year in Miami. Are, are you excited to get back down there hopefully soon and, and capitalize on this? And, you know, it's kind of a two-part question coming up where how long does the mullet run last down there also? You, you know, I think it's really like a, three to five weeks where it's strong. You know, I, I feel like the whole front end of it got kind of messed up by the hurricane. You know, I'm excited to get out there on Saturday. I actually haven't even looked at the weather, but you know, I'm just hoping that the, the weather's nice last Saturday, the water was just so murky. Um, I don't know why, but you know, I guess it just got stirred up from the hurricane. There's also a lot of debris on the beach. So we didn't, I caught one mullet in the cast net, but, you know, the waves were too big. There was a lot of debris. Yeah, it looks like this Saturday. It's not blowing that hard, but it's definitely not going to be nice. So, you know, we can always try to fish the downtown areas. Um, you know, that's where I had a lot of my luck with my bigger snook. But I just enjoy catching them on the beach so much more, you know? No, I get it. I get it. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I wish I could go out this weekend myself. It's been forever. I can't remember the last time the boat moved. Um, it seems like like weeks and weeks, but there are so much debris out in the, in the Gulf still now. Um, the water looks like chocolate milk, even over here. And it just right now, it, it isn't worth taking the boat out and risking hitting something, a piece of debris that you can't see, um, you know, and putting anyone's uh, safety at, 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 um, in jeopardy or the boat itself. So it's, um, it's pretty, pretty nasty over here still. I think it needs at least another week before I'd, I'd even venture out because I, I like my boat the way it is and I don't want to hit a floating log I, or submerged log I can't see. So um, another week, uh, hopefully I'll be able to get out there. But I get what you're saying about fishing the beach. I hope that you're able to at least try it out um, and, and capitalize on some of this mullet run. Yeah, I, I hope so too. What about you, Tim? Have you uh, gotten to do any fishing lately? No, it's, it's just been hurricane stuff and wrapping up, um, kitchen stuff. And we've had some big events at work that I've had to, had to do. So, um, hopefully soon, um, red snapper is open this weekend in the Gulf of Mexico. They're opening, uh, or have opened a couple fall red snapper weekends. So I really want to get out and, and get on some of those red snapper, especially this time of year when they're closed, typically it seems to be all we can catch. So 
I'd really like to get out there. It, it seems like with this hurricane and, and with the, the little cooler weather we've had, um, I'm hoping the fish are going to be kind of stuck to ledges out. Um, and uh, um, I think it's about time that, that maybe we'll see some hogfish heating up, which is always one of my favorite seasons. So um, we'll see what we can do. But um, this weekend I'm trading fishing for a dove hunt. I'm going on a dove hunt on Saturday. Um, so it'll be a little bit different, but it'll get me outside and um, kind of out doing something I love. So I'm excited about that. Now, do you know, is Red Snapper just open this weekend or is it this weekend and next weekend? Because I was actually supposed to go fishing with my friend off Fort Myers next weekend. Not sure how feasible that's going to be, but his boat did survive. Um, do you know if it's open next weekend as well? I don't know if it's next weekend. I know I think it was a handful of weekends um, off the top of my head. I'm not sure which ones, but I, I thought I remember seeing, you know, a half dozen or so weekends through the fall. Um but I would be uh, be careful down there um, off Fort Myers because they have a lot more debris down there than we do up here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, all right. Um, I guess we've talked about the mullet run. We've talked about the hurricane. Now let's talk about the hottest thing in fish news around the country and we'll, we'll use that to go uh with the fish of the week so this week the fish of the week is the walleye um and the walleye is what is the latin name it is sander vitreous you ever caught a walleye tim yeah i have caught walleye um i i make no claim to be some great walleye angler I've only caught maybe, I don't know, three or four back in like 1998 when I was, you know, in a rowboat with an engine up on the St. Lawrence Seaway uh, in upstate New York, fishing with my brother and grandfather using these jigs that I, I think were probably made in the 1940s when my grandfather was a young man. But um, we were doing kind of what, what we thought was deep dropping for them in like 100 feet of water, which was just crazy deep for us at that time um being being so small in this little rowboat um but yeah um i i got a couple my brother got a couple my grandfather got a couple i remember being really excited about them and it was it was kind of one of my earlier um you know like i said one of my earlier experiences with fishing the tall water you know that like you know deeper deeper water doing that type of fishing versus fishing the flats or fishing docks or you know, fishing for bass and ponds. So it was a, it was a really cool experience. Um, I remember not liking the style of fishing much. We just kind of used these jigs and just kind of bounced up and down. And um, if you got a hit, you reeled it in, but you know, nothing really crazy. I, I remember them being good to eat, but um, you know, I, I like to eat. So uh, that, that's not too difficult, but uh, how about you, Tanner? You know, I have always heard that they were good to eat. So, uh, you know, I, I have not caught one, but I've, only, I've caught their, their smaller cousin, the perch. Um, and yeah. I've heard uh, there are other places that I've fished where you can get them, but I've never been lucky enough to catch a walleye. I think them and salmon are, are definitely bucket listers, you know, if, if I ever live somewhere with a little bit of a colder climate. Yeah, I, I know people really um, have a good time catching them. Um, maybe just not the, the way I was fishing for them, but I know that there's a, 
a really intense, you know, walleye fishery. And, and as you kind of talked about earlier, tournament series. So um, I know that, that it's, it's a hot fish to catch up north and in the Midwest. So uh, maybe if I one day get on a hot walleye bite and um, do a little different style of fishing, I, I definitely enjoy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now let's talk about why we're walleye in the news. Tim, do you know the full story? I, I think I do, but I really haven't spent too much time um, reading about it. Yeah, I've, um, you know, seen some of the, the videos where these tournament anglers were getting just absolutely thrashed by their fellow competitors and, and for darn good reason. Um, but, you know, from what I understand, it was a, a couple tournament anglers who were really hot on the tournament series, winning um, uh, tournament after tournament. And, um, you know, to, to the fact that there was some rumors of these guys uh, cheating um, and also I think the tournament director decided to put cameramen on the boats and everything like trying to, to, to catch these guys. Um, but what ended up happening is, you know, when they went to weigh and fish, I guess there was a lot of, um, um, upset anglers that were looking at these fish going, they shouldn't be that heavy. And, um, the tournament director ended up cutting them open and finding, you know, however many pounds of lead weights and, and processed fillets of fish in their stomach. So not a good look for these guys. And uh, the last I heard, I think they had won over $300,000 in prize winnings and not to mention sponsorships and, and, and boats and things like that. So uh, I think their fishing career is over. Um, is that kind of what you heard, Tanner? Yeah, that is what I heard. I actually heard that there could be a criminal investigation for fraud. Um, yeah. This is... Uh, not a legal analysis podcast, so we, we haven't read up on that. But, I mean, it, it seems like uh, there could potentially be a case. You know, that is, especially when there's that much money at stake, um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. That's, uh, you know, to do something so unsportsmanlike, but also potentially criminal. It's just, you know, it's hard to think that people would do stuff like that, Um especially so like blatantly, obviously, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's funny, you know, I know that there's, there's always been the rumors, you know, especially in tournaments that I've fished and, you know, kind of growing up, you know, where I grew up with, with how many different tournaments are around, Oh, put ice cubes in the fish stomach and that way they weigh more or, or put a bunch of bait fish in there. You know, if you're having to do that to win a trophy or a little bit of money, you know, it's, I'm sorry to say it. I, I want as many people to enjoy the sport as possible. And, and by saying that, you know, don't don't be cheating in these tournaments. You know, if, if that's what you're out there for, it's just, you know, it's a real dirtbag thing to do. And, and um, I, I'm, I'm glad that they got caught. Honestly, um, I feel bad for them for the, the decisions they made, because I understand how, you know, the pressure of, of tournament angling. But, you know, at the end of the day, they, they really messed up. And um, I think that that they're going to have a a very rough road ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right, Tim, I am starving. Um, so I am going to go get some food. Um, but remember, like and subscribe. Hopefully we will have some great dove hunting and mullet content next week. But uh, yeah, and you know, if you were impacted by the hurricane, stay safe. And if you weren't impacted by the hurricane, you know, there's lots of good charities, but we did, uh, Tim did mention one, um, that you guys could donate to. And, you know, again, if you are experiencing those impacts, we, we got you in our, your, our thoughts and prayers, Tim, any, any closing words? 
No, you hit the nail on the head. You know, um, they're not a sponsor, but, um, you know, even above and beyond the hurricane, I, I do follow them and donate to uh, the, the Captains for Clean Water folks just for what they're doing um, for environmental stewardship and whatnot. But, yeah, thoughts and prayers with everyone down south and, um, you know, stay safe. And, uh, Tanner, I hope to bring you some riveting dove hunt content. It's my very first public land Florida dove hunt. I got lucky enough to get a lottery where my name was drawn. So I can't miss out on an opportunity like this. So I hope to bring all the, uh, um, the, the reports back and just edge your seat stuff. All right. Sounds good, Tim. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Dan. Get some food, man.